0: I'm doing fine, I'm feeling great. You're not my fan. You can't relate. Straight talk going state not to state. Before you cross me, look both ways. Leaving the scene with no trace. None in my
1: list. You out of place. I'm not at the top. I'm out of space. Can't eat with us. We're out of place. I'm doing
0: fine, I'm feeling great. You're not my fan. You can't relate. Straight talk going state to state. <laughs> Yo, guys, what's going on? It's your host, your boy George McKay, back in the Straight Talk Studios, and I got a good one. I got someone who. Up until recently, I never picked in any prediction show that I ever did that a card that he was on, I never picked him. But now that I work for the promotion and I've seen him numerous times gain some success and earn my respect, please help me welcome to the show a guy who I used to call that fucking Kyle, but now he's just that Kyle. Hi. <laughs> oh, Jesus, Christ. <laughs> Jesus Christ. What up, Georgie Porgy Putting in Pie? Oh, Putting in Pie. Oh, that's nice. That's that's really really great. Really great way to you know make me feel comfortable having you on my show, Georgie you Porgy. You
1: You're actually pie. less porgy and Putting in Pie because you've lost a ton
0: of weight since I met you. <laughs> that's true. That's true. I have I have put in a little bit of work. Thank you so much for noticing. I'm trying my best, trying to stay as as healthy and as hulked up as all of you guys. But Kyle, my first question, many hosts touched on it, uh, but the year-long kind of storyline that you have with PD Skills about him being your daddy, and finally, I guess, getting that wrap-up of the story at New Frontier, uh, what was it like to, you know, finish off a year-long storyline? I mean, we don't even get that in TV wrestling nowadays. Usually, you're best of luck to get three, maybe four months of a story before you say goodbye to it and you move on to another rival. But on the indie scene where it's unheard of to keep a storyline going for that long, working in multiple different promotions, building that angle, what was it like to finally say goodbye to that storyline?
1: Um, Honestly, it's a lot like when you start watching like a Netflix show and uh, it only has like like three seasons and then it, it was canceled at the time, right? So you watch it and you're watching it and you're watching it and and – and you're loving it. You're getting into the characters and you're getting into the stories behind everything. And then, and then it's just over. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you know, which is fine. Like, as long as it's a satisfying ending, that's what is like important to me storytelling wise, because that's what I do in wrestling because like, I'm, I'm enough. Like I can say like within myself that I'm not like the most technical guy, you know what I mean? Like I ain't no, you know, I'm no Gabriel Fuerza in that ring. Like, you know what I mean? Like I trained with Gabriel Fuerza. I have a lot of respect for that guy and there ain't no way that I could touch him in that ring. And I'm man enough to say that, but if he wants to go in there and tell a, a story, then I can tell one of the best stories that he can possibly, that anyone can possibly, you know, do. And when it comes to me and skills, when, like I touched on with the mini host, he said that he was my dad. So when, <laughs> so when he said that, it was all the confirmation that I needed at the time because it was sort of just a joke that I was kind of going with, um, you know, on the Internet with videos and whatnot. So when he brought it into the real world and whatnot, and then like, you know, um, Warhead booked us uh, for the No Ring North live show, the first one. And uh, he like decimated me. I was so bloody that uh, there was actually uh, fans that attended that show that had never been to uh, any like wrestling ever. And they said that they had never seen anything like that. We were second match. You know, and the first match had Tyler Arrow jumping off a shed through a table. You know what I mean? So, like, you know, when it comes to stuff like that, being able to make that imprint in somebody's brain is all that matters to me. It doesn't matter the moves. It doesn't obviously doesn't matter the moves or anything like that. It matters what the audience takes away from it, whether they're watching it online or they were there live. So, like, when it comes to, like, building a story like that, I want somebody to be, like, kind of sad that it's over, like, for now, if you will. Because, like, it's not necessarily over because we only have, like, two matches in on each other and we're actually 1-1 right now. Mm. So, like, somebody out there could book the the rubber match. He holds the, the hybrid title in No Ring North, so, like, that could happen for me one day. You know what I mean? And that match will have a built-in uh not, not only a year long, say it takes two years for me to get that match, there's still going to be people that remember, oh, fuck, he used to be his dad. Like, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> you know, and they'll go and they'll buy tickets based on that.
0: And that's true. That's very true. You're absolutely right. You know That's not a bad idea. I mean, Warhead, if you're watching, book that. Book it. No, no
1: no i gotta beat him first i gotta beat his ass first and then i can challenge for the hybrid title Ah, that was my i put that on myself
0: ah that's right okay so then then kyle you got some work to do man just beat his ass straight up hard is it no actually it is warhead is a warhead is one of the few guys in wrestling i don't know how is still breathing and i mean that with absolute respect because the shit that man has put his body through i don't know how he is still walking this earth would you Mm. not agree with that
1: honestly uh i beat him uh it took help obviously uh from outside source but uh i still beat him um but the thing is is that's why i wanted to beat warhead again is because i did have help the first time you know i don't want people to think that i'm a fluke because what happened was i ended up with a bunch of fluke victories in my first like year or so and that's like how i kind of built my name and whatever like it's like oh he got a win over mark shaw yeah but he blew monster in his face and he fell through a table and he just barely got the three count like you know what i mean and then like or uh with warhead it's like yeah he pinned warhead like the best hardcore dude in all of ontario but like you know it was with help so like when it comes to warhead like still breathing like when you see guys like necro butcher they're still breathing like you know what i mean we see guys like uh madman pondo for example i was just talking about pondo um you know he's not only still he's still wrestling like you know necro butchers on uh, xpw next weekend like you know what i mean like you know these guys they're built to something different man and that's uh part of the respect i have for hardcore guys and like why i ultimately wanted to become one <laughs>
0: (laughs) Fair enough. Fair enough. You know what? Let's let's touch on that for a second, because hardcore wrestling, as much as it's definitely thrived in the late 90s, early 2000s, especially with ECW and all that stuff and the uh, the hardcore championship that WWE had, they put on some great matches, even putting guys that weren't really in the hardcore element in Mm. that vibe, which was fantastic to see, like guys like Road Dog, you had Mm -hmm. no idea had that hardcore capability to him. It gave extra layers of something that we hadn't really seen before in wrestling it was always just good guy bad guy sometimes you get the last man standing match where you can use any means necessary but it wasn't really a hardcore match then we start getting these stipulation these hardcore style matches where it brings out the best you look at Edge and christian and the hardy boys what they did with a ladder can never be redone nobody can recreate the magic that was created especially including the dudleys you talk mm-hmm. about tlc matches one and two you can't leave those three teams anywhere off the list of guys that made a match what they are, mm. but talking about like guys that you resonated with, like guys, you got the cameos from like Pondo, like Nick Gage. These are guys that are built. Like you said, different, uh, to be cliche. They're built for tough. If you will, mm-hmm. uh, you know, uh, yeah, that was a great pun, by the way. If you uh, Ford, I don't know if you're looking for a podcast to sponsor. If you do, sponsor me. Buy a Ford today, F one fifty. Only forty five thousand dollars down and seventy five thousand after payment. <laughs> Sign <laughs> me up.
1: There you go. But
0: what is it about these hardcore guys? Because I mean, I've you you like you said, you trained with Fuerza, and I've seen you wrestle in matches. And not to say that hardcore wrestling isn't wrestling, but it adds a different element. You can have the tie turn on a hardcore match by just a swing of a chair, swing of a bat, swing of any weapon, that's really within arm's reach. Whereas in a standard, you know, classic wrestling match, if you will, you have to break the opponent down. You have to wait for your spots. You have to figure out a way to stop their breathing, stop their pacing. But in hardcore, just the swing of any weapon can turn the tide of a match into the other person's favor. So what gravitated you to more more towards the hardcore side? Because you can do both very well. And that's what I want to highlight too, is that, a lot of people think hardcore wrestlers are just this one straight line wrestler. They're not. They can do both sides. They just enjoy and choose the other element.
1: Well, there's there's a few there's a few things you said there. Um, i I believe that what you say is true with the hardcore matches where absolutely the the weapon that is right near you, uh, you can absolutely swing it and hit a guy and and the tide can turn in a match totally but i don't know what it is about that it's not it's not just the hitting guys with weapons like when i watched clips of ecw when i was a kid like the thing that didn't like it didn't attract me to it seeing guys hit each other with chairs super hard unprotected or like you know having cookie sheets bent on their heads or stuff like that or going through thumbtacks it was the stories that they were able to tell, like the standman versus Raven or like uh, anything to do with Raven. Let's be honest, um, <laughs> um, like like the stories they were able to tell and like the elements that they were able to like implement in those stories that you didn't see in regular wrestling, or at least I didn't. You know what I mean? At the time, especially when uh, I became like a like an actual super fan in like 2007. And that was when like ECW was like getting its like resurgence on like the WWE CW, like you know what I mean. So like when I when I could go back and look at clips, it was like uh, you know seeing guys like Tommy Dreamer, you know what I mean, take those cane uh, hits from the Sandman, and he was and he's crying, and the audience is screaming at him to stay down, but he's he keeps getting back up. You know what I mean? Like that shit made me cry. Like you know what I mean? And when anything can make me feel in this life. You know what I mean? Like I got, I have, I have respect for it, and not that, that regular wrestling doesn't make me feel it. Absolutely does. Like you know what I mean? But the thing about hardcore, and the thing about Warhead, like, like let's, like, I want to go back to him, like, just because when I was training, um, I was watching like Death Proof. You know what I mean? And and loving it. You know, and and looking up to dudes like Jesse Amato and and Warhead and and Matt Cash. Like you know what I mean? Like thinking that these guys, like, grew up near me and they're doing like the stuff that I want to do you know what I mean like in the style that I think is the coolest way to do it like and that's not even really the truth either because like Zack Sabre Jr. does some insanely cool shit and he doesn't swing anything at anyone like you know what I mean like you know and like guys like Akira like I don't know if you've heard of Akira but he he if you put him in a match that didn't have weapons in it he could still have like like an incredible wrestling match. But if you toss light tubes in there too, he'll do an incredible wrestling match that just happens to have broken glass underneath him, which just makes it that much cooler. Like June Kasai said that he wanted to do death matches because they were the only kind of matches that he could see his father watching and not being able to say, hey, that's fake or that wouldn't hurt when that happened or you know what I mean like Junkazai's dad would say that while they were watching wrestling together they were you know and and Junkazai didn't he wanted to wrestle but he wanted his dad to respect him you know what I mean so that that was why he chose to do death matches and now he's an icon you know what I mean so yeah I I don't know if I answered your question in that diatribe but in
0: there Is something, so, I'm sure. <laughs> you did, you did. And, and, and it's funny when you look at guys that had lasting longevity in the hardcore scene. You mentioned a Tommy Dreamer, flourished in ECW as the heart and soul of ECW. Came over to WWE, didn't really resonate. You look mm. at a guy like uh you look at a guy like uh master flash when he was in you know ECW under a different moniker and then came over to WWE as funkmaster flash. Fell apart. Fell apart hard. Right?
1: I'd, like to, I'd like to interject only because when Tommy Dreamer did eventually win the ECW title in WWE, I did cry. Like that was a good story that yes. they told and were able to tell with him. And like he's like, like you said, like, you know, they didn't re- necessarily resonate with the audience. But the story he was able to tell in that, like just based on his history, like that was a great decision they made. I don't necessarily know why they didn't make more decisions like that with him or like any of those guys.
0: Well, let's talk let's I mean let's talk about the the resurgence in, in in WWE bringing ECW back uh under that new banner and everything like that. Like I mean, one night stand epic. Still one uh-huh. of my favorite events of all time. Edge coming in with the motorcycle helmet, the hate, the heat, the natural heat that Cena got. You can't really you can't really compare those things. Those things are are next level in a lot of ways. But then you look at what they did and the stars that they could have brought in. And really do see there you go you have it right there yeah. one night <laughs> absolutely epic but then when WWE puts their spin on it better production better cameras better sound and lighting quality it takes away from that grittiness that griminess mm-hmm. that realism that the 2300 arena brought us on so many nights and and that's what I think was the ultimate undoing. Uh, well, they, they've touched on it numerous times about the rise and fall of ECW. The ultimate undoing was Paul Heyman's bad business sense. Great mind for wrestling, great mind for the business, bad with money. Uh, you know, looking at like, I mean, if you look at like how they did it, like Tommy Dreamer fuck, packed 90% of the shit in that warehouse and shipped it off to people. Rob Van Damme did that these guys were all pulling double, triple duty, just mm. trying to get shit out there. And they had lightning in a bottle and it fell apart. And then mm-hmm. when it tried to come back with an actual backing of money, it fell apart. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, do you think that if WCW, or sorry, if WWE, my apologies, well, I'm going to get a lot of heat for that. The Marks are going to freak out. Calm down, boys. I, I said three letters wrong. Comment, Comment section. Sorry? Comment section. Comment section right there. Oh, fucking guy! no. Nah, 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 nah. Shut up. Yeah. Warriors. Fucking bullshit. But do you think... That if WWE had allowed ECW to come back, but let them do things their way, we'd still have ECW very much alive and flourishing today?
1: Yes. Like, in as in most things in life, Vince McMahon's input made everything worse. <laughs> like You know what I mean? Like, I don't know what it is. Like, um, if he just wanted to, like, he just saw Bobby Lashley and he was just like, you know, saw stars in his eyes. And then you know when that December to Dismember pay per view happened, that's like when the you know the straw broke. You know what I mean? But it didn't have to be like that. Like there was a whole other plan for that show that would have gone better, but it was all scrapped. Like and it the whole creative was taken over, and then because and then because that was done wrong, he. Cans Paul Heyman and and then you know the whole show can continues to degrade from there like slowly erode like a rock to the ocean like you know what I mean but like eventually it did become like a proto NXT which is kind of dope like what and what honestly what ECW probably should have been like where it was like They had the classic ECW dudes that showed up, the ones that could still go. You know what I mean? And like, you know, like and guys that like they never brought in like Perry Saturn and John Cronus were right there. Like, you know what I mean? Like there were other guys too, like the the Spike Dudley. You know what I mean? Like, like were these guys, these guys were working in like TNA at the time. You know what I mean? A rhino, for God's sake! Like, you know what I mean? buy his contract out. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I don't know. Raven, for God's sakes, they wrote him off TV in 2006. Like, you know what I mean? He was right there. <laughs> and they could have. I don't know. It, they could have. could have done, done something something so much more. They could have done more with it. And and the fact that they weren't willing to, uh, like, you own it. Why wouldn't you just milk it for all it's worth? You know, the fans you said in the documentary that you made, that fans were the lifeblood of this promotion or whatever. Why? The, why didn't you listen to them then? You're
0: like, you know what I mean? Oh, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> we could go into WWE not listening to fans. We didn't go for hours, bro. For hours on that. But <laughs> let's get back to let's get back to the subject at hand, which is you. Now, oh, I got to ask this question. Um, You sit down, you watch wrestling for the first time, you fall in love with it. You go deeper down the rabbit hole that is wrestling. You find some, you know, international stuff. You find the hardcore stuff. Then you find the really crazy stuff. And all mm-hmm. of a sudden, you're like, I want to do this. Mm-hmm. What was the conversation with your actual parents about when all this shit went down? You sat down, like I'm just everybody picture Kyle's house, okay? You got a uh, you got a fancy trailer. In Oshawa, so no, <laughs> I live in Lindsay. I'm from Lindsay. I like know. there's so many more jokes. There's like so many more. Actually, there's, a there's so more many more jokes. <laughs> like so you're in the crack capital of the world, whereas there Oshawa you go, is the Crystal Mac capital of the world. There but you go. When you you sit down for dinner, mom and dad, and you go, Guys, I love you. I love my life. I love breathing. I love everything that uh, I have, but you know what? I'm going to be a wrestler. Not only that. I'm going to be a wrestler that puts his, I mean, all wrestlers put their body on the line, but I'm going to be a wrestler that uses his body as a weapon. And sometimes he beats the shit out of people and a lot of times they bleed, but it's going to be, gosh darn, it's going to be fun. What was your parents' reaction when you said, I, I want to train, I want to be a wrestler? Um,
1: (laughs) bold of you to assume I actually had a dad. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs) I did, I didn't really, um, like, uh, my mom was very young when she had me. Um, and my dad was slightly older, like whatever. It wasn't weird or anything, but like, but he wasn't around, man. Like, that's just how it was, you know, like I don't have a dad, like, you know Mm -hmm. what I mean? In real life. So, but, uh, I had a shitty stepdad. And, um, he was very indifferent. He wanted me to do something that would make, make it so that I had like a retirement plan for him. Like, you know what I mean? Like he had more of the idea of like, I should have a job that makes a lot of money so that I can take care of him when he gets like old or whatever. And it's like, he never, and I say shitty stepdad because he never was a dad. He was kind of just pissed that I was there, if that makes sense. And he treated me like that. Yeah. So, um, never hit me or anything like that, but it's the words and like the, the implo the implication as, um, uh, always sunny of Philadelphia's Dennis would say the implication, uh, that something bad might happen if I, you know, do something wrong or say something wrong. Um, so i didn't really talk about it a lot with him uh my mom is the sweetest person like she's great like it's not her fault that she was you know abused for years by some dick like you know what i mean like it's not her fault so you know she was always like as supportive as she could possibly be without getting you know berated by some asshole so um And, but it was my Nana Papa, man. Like, uh, my mom's mom and her second husband, who's not even my blood grandfather, who's been the most supportive people that have ever existed in my life. And they're the ones that helped me out to get, uh, into wrestling school. Uh, they they helped me, uh, write the essay for, uh, Rob Fuego's wrestling school when he had that essay contest that, uh, I'm pretty sure, um, Von Dutch won, Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I, I entered that. I didn't win. Um, but, uh, I was able to find a friend who lived in Richmond Hill and I moved up there and my Nana Papa helped me with the money to, uh, go in, get into wrestling school and I didn't do the monthly thing. Like they helped me with like the whole thing. So like, you know what I mean? So I was at squared circle, like for two, three years, like, you know what I mean? Like, um, until I was like semi bullied out, but <laughs> for <laughs> but like whatever, and then they only lasted like two years after that. So,
0: off as a bitch, you know what? You're not the first person to mention to me about the uh, you know, kind of shadiness that went on at Squared Circle. Uh, when you say semi got bullied out, can we expand on that a little bit? I mean, like,
1: when like an example would be like, um, like I have no ill will toward him or whatever, but like a guy like Ashley Six. Like, you know, I would go up to him uh, with fucking colored hair and painted nails and be like, yo, uh, you know, like when I was watching Ontario indie shows, like you were one of my favorites and shit like that. And he kind of like laughed at me and, you know, he wrote on Twitter, actually, if you go back far enough it, at to like, to like 2012, you can see uh, a tweet that Ashley Six wrote that says something like um, uh, some kid at training uh, just said that I was an inspiration to him. He has black nails what have I done? Like, you know what I mean? Like, you know, which is fine or whatever, but like, I don't know, like, like things like Rob Fuego forgetting my name, like this one promo I did uh, for no ring North. uh, Like I was there for a fucking year and he never remembered my name, which sucks. Um, Like uh, guys like um, Anthony Fiasco, uh, Tomer Shalom uh, just like, the most like sh- terrible shitty like people to the people that they were you know uh supposed to they were paying to be there because they were passionate about a thing that they were also passionate about but they bullied uh, you know anyone that was different you know what i mean like uh, like i could have some kind of undiagnosed autism or some shit and they still bullied me like you know what i mean like bullied me like Like, I can't say much because, like, you know, my best friend bullied me, Jason Chase. Like, you know what I mean? Greg Gibson, he bullied me. He tried to make me leave because they would pair us together all the time and he hated being compared to me. So he wanted me to leave. So he bullied me to make me leave and I never did. Because my and Papa gave me this fucking money like I'm fucking I'm doing this thing. Like, you know what I mean? I'm doing my passion. I'm doing what I want to do with my life. I don't care what you people do. I don't care if you put me through a thousand squats. I don't care if you you know what I mean? Like, call me. I was sloth from the Goonies. You know what I mean? That was my nickname. You know what I mean? Like, Like, it's not my fault my teeth are bad. Like, I got hit with a battery when I was a kid. And then we could never, we were never, like, we never had any money, man. Like, we couldn't pay to have my teeth fixed. Like, sorry. Like, you know what I mean? (laughs) So, like, it's just, it's a whole lot of shit. And, like, I've, I've, like, this second chance is a whole lot different than my first go-around, if you will. And it's a whole lot different. Like, obviously, there's some elements that are the same. But, like, I have a lot of, like, friends now. Like, I got, like, people that, like, I give a shit about that that I care about, like, to my core, like, outside of wrestling. You know what I mean? That I met because of wrestling. And if that's all I get from wrestling is, like, a few good friends or whatever that I can help support or whatever like that, like, stop wrestling tomorrow. At least I have some friends or whatever. And I can support them. I can go to the shows and I can help them out and I can, you know, whatever. Like, I can make videos for them on YouTube and stuff. Like, whatever. Like, I don't know. Like... Like, I don't know, wrestling is what it is. You really got to love it. Like, you know what I mean? So and find the good parts and kind of focus on that.
0: (laughs) You absolutely do. You're right. You're 100 percent right on that. Listen, I uh, I have been in this, I guess, following my passion, which was talking and sit down with you guys, starting a podcast. A lot of sweat, a lot of blood, a lot of tears, a lot of late nights, a lot of early mornings, a lot of forgetting interviews. I, I apologize. About that, Bobby, yeah. uh, you know, that Kyle and I had an interview scheduled weeks before this, and I fucked it up. I'll be the first to admit it. I'm going to put it on camera. I fucked. I completely forgot. And he's like, hey, dude, uh, I'm waiting. And I, I, I waited forgot. for you asked ask for a half hour. Yeah, I know. And you know what the funny thing was? uh not funny but the the thing was is that you were so endearing you understood i had a little situation that came up personally and you were like it's all good man i'm jacked we're gonna you know i'm excited we're gonna do it and here we are we're doing it it's been a great conversation thus far but you know doing this for six doing this for six plus years now and getting a chance to meet and conversate with the amount of people that i've met and add you to the list and to learn about the good and the bads and the rights and the wrongs and how great wrestling can be But a lot of people don't know about what's behind the curtain. And then we kind of had this changing the guard about a year and a half, two years ago. We had the speaking out movement where everybody that was a shit bag, a dirt bag, an asshole, every fucking word under the sun. Well, some of them. (laughs) Some of them. Not all of them, but a good fat majority of them all got called out and are now no longer in this business or very rarely seen in this business because the world is changing now. I don't want to say we're over sensitized, but we are very, very much aware of our surroundings and aware of what we should and shouldn't put up with. And it's okay to speak your mind. It's okay to, you know, speak your truth. And if that's the case, and now these, these certain individuals, some of the majority of them, whatever you want to call, let's say 50%, 50% of the bad eggs are gone. Now we just got to work on getting the rest out of there, and bringing in the class that's that's kind of here now. And I think it was definitely a, a relevation or a resurgence in the Ontario scene, but how many people came back with open arms. Some people, you know, were humbled. Some people said, yeah, you know what, in my early days I was a piece of shit, but now I'm, I'm older, I'm wiser, I'm smarter, and I understand what I did wrong and what was okay back then and what wasn't. But a lot of people forget that wrestling was a lot of hazing wrestling was a lot of wrestling is essentially just a bully sport i mean you go back to the history archives wwe look at jbl and all the shit that shit that fucking guy's done like there is there unfortunately is bullies as you get older (laughs) there's bullies when you're a kid there's bullies when you're there's bullies all through life but uh the way i look at that is fuck them you know what I was picked on. Like
1: I, my my what's on my shirt and the thing that was on my knee pads from the very first that Kyle like anything are the are the letters F U H a dash and a Q. There's always fuq in everything I do because it's a fuck you to everyone that ever said that I could never do this. Like, whether it's those assholes from high school that made fun of me and said I should do UFC instead. Like, you know what I mean? Or my shitty stepdad. Or, you know, uh, those assholes from wrestling school. Like, you know what I mean? Like, whatever it is. Like, you know, it's a fuck you to all of them. You know, and the F-U-H-Q comes from uh, Ben Affleck uh, in uh, Dazed and Confused. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Shout out to Ben Affleck. The creepiest... (laughs) motherfucker in that movie next to Matthew McConaughey Hmm. legit something about high school girls man the older I get they say the same Same age (laughs) (laughs) but you know what man you took all that negativity and you switch it into a positive, and that's a huge factor to who you are as a person now. And you're one of the nicest guys. Yeah, we shit bag on each other. We <laughs> shit, we talk shit all the time, but we know. But I love you, George. Yeah, <laughs> I love you too. It's it's all out of mutual respect because yeah. I couldn't narrate amazing stories without amazing storytellers in the ring. Oh. And from where I've seen, from yeah, it's true, man. From where oh. from the first match that I called to that Kyle to where you've been now, we're five shows in at New Frontier. I see the layers and I see there's there's you're about ready to hit that glass ceiling and then punch through. So you just got to give it a little bit more. You got to reach those stories. But look, like you said, man, you're in the ring with with Mondo. That's one of your idols. You had a crazy match with Green Phantom only a few weeks ago. That was insane. Green Phantom's an OG legend. One of the nicest guys in the world. But he had no problem smacking you up and down the ring. But sweetheart, sweetheart of a human being.
1: Right, I mean, oh,
0: awesome, you, you got to you, dude, you got to fight him for the IWS. I mean, fucking, you know, that shit was on the yeah. line. That's crazy. Yeah, That's exactly. Crazy. So, only
1: only 16 people have ever held it.
0: Yeah. And you could have been 17, but you didn't have enough Monster Energy drinks in you that day. You <laughs> fucked up. Kyle. You fucked up.
1: No, 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 no. I had him in my finish and everything. He pushed me into the turnbuckle and got me by surprise. And that's the thing too, is he's a like veteran and all that and whatever, but he had to resort to that sort of thing to beat me. Like, you know what I mean? And like hurt my back with that
0: uh, Phantom Menace. You know yeah, what I that's mean? True i mean at least he didn't put you at least he didn't kill you through a door like he did andrew love he you tried to love
1: kill love. me through chairs i okay. saw your reaction to that you had you put your hands in the air
0: yeah i was like holy when i kicked shit. out yeah <laughs> <laughs> but that's the great thing about new frontier is that new frontier is built different it's making stars out of uh the right people and they're building great stories and that's what i love about being a part of that project. I mean, I still don't know who the fuck the matchmaker is. Mm-hmm. I mean, we all just. Oh, by confused. the
1: way, I am not the matchmaker, nor do I say that I am the matchmaker on the way to the ring. I am the messmaker. Oh, M E S okay. S.
0: <laughs> okay. So yeah, people get that right, please get that understand that.
1: Yeah, right? you get that right. Three shows in a row, you saying on commentary. Oh, that guy's calling himself the matchmaker on the way to the ring. He's like, the messmaker.
0: Damn it! <laughs> yeah, I only said it once. <laughs> hey, said it twice. Okay, maybe you should learn the sound of our voices. We're very different
1: human beings. I don't know. You both are trying to be Paul Heyman from 2001 at the same time. Fuck so. that shit.
0: Man, anybody's <laughs> fucking Paul Haven from it's fucking this guy right here. You both are trying is what I'm saying. Hayes is Michael fucking Cole at best. At best. 2001? Yeah, fucking getting weddings and shit. Hell yeah. That's Hayes. Fucking stupid bastard. I love it. Yeah, absolutely. But when you look at, uh, you know, like I said, the start of your career wasn't necessarily the greatest. You said this second go-round. What what was the turning point to convince you that maybe I, I, I'm going to give this a serious go the second time? Uh, but thinking of the that Kyle character for like a year um
1: before it actually became uh an actual real thing and then when uh warhead contacted me because i live out in Lindsay, so like i have like a lot of rural area like around me and he was looking for like a rural kind of area that like we could kind of dress up to look like sort of a junkyard almost you know uh something cool of an aesthetic for um uh knowing north volume two and so i pulled a bunch of strings and I figured a bunch of stuff out. I got us a car that we could just, you know, do whatever we wanted with. And we did. So like, you know what I mean? So like, you know, I got one car that we could do whatever we wanted with and then the rest were there as, as just decoration. And then like, that's the thing, like with, like with the pandemic, it was like really hard um, to, for everybody to kind of produce content. So when the opportunity uh to help create content during the pandemic came up, I was like, hell yeah. But then when Warhead was like, okay, so do you want to match then? You know, and at this point I hadn't wrestled since 2016. So like I was just like, uh 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 against who? And he was like, me. And I was like, uh, 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 and 2014 me shat. You know what I mean? And you know, and <laughs> yeah, just just chat. And and so uh, of course I said to him, I was like, I'd love to, blah, blah, blah. Have a hardcore match outside in a weird junkyard thing with you. So he's like, Okay, so like, do you have like a whole thing, like a gimmick, character, whatever? Cause at the time I kind of didn't like, even in 2016, I was like, uh, like my character was Ryan Reedus and I just was just a comic book fan. Like I had Wolverine chops and I came to the ring in a Deadpool hoodie, like, you know what I mean? I had four matches, you know what I mean? And then, uh, before that I was Adrian Anarco, who's like a uh, British guy. Uh, like the only reason I did that was so I could get away with the bad teeth. Um,
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> so <laughs> it's real. Uh- <laughs> and I did the fake accent too, see? Like, I would work on my accent, like, during training and shit like that, because I was actually the worst child on the planet. <laughs> and I annoyed the fuck out of everybody in training. Yeah, but, baby. Um, yeah, baby. But, um, <laughs> low be, hey. But anyway, so I was like a shitty sex pistols like ripoff, right? So um that wasn't gonna fly probably. Um so when I had that Kyle in my head for like a full ass year, when Warhead asked me if I had a character that I wanted to, you know, have a match with him against, I figured, all right, I can get some monsters, I can get some drywall, I can, you know, film a promo, you know what I mean? Where like I pour the monster on the drywall that had Warhead's name written on it with like penises drawn on it too. Like, you know. <laughs> and uh, you know, so that is where it started. Started, and then it kind of just built from there i was able to kind of install uh little tweaks each time i was able to kind of like um produce some sort of content like uh be a part of anything i was able to add little things to my character that could be built over time and if somebody was watching from the very beginning to watch what i was in Nowhere north volume 2 and then to see w- my match with green phantom like to watch from that to that consecutively that person would probably be like oh like good for kyle like you know what i mean like sort of like you know what i mean and then like somebody who saw just the green phantom match and then went back and then saw what that match looked like the knowing north one with uh warhead like they would be like oh wow he's can't he's come a kind of a long way almost like you know what i mean like sort of like, you know, like came into his own almost like, you know, with the green hair, like, you know what I mean? And like the look of like and the monster bat, like, you know what I mean? These are all things like I don't even carry monsters. I don't buy monsters anymore. The fans bring them to me. Like, I don't buy monsters before shows like uh, like they are there with one. Like somebody has one for me. So like and, and like there's people that chant at PD Skills, Kyle's dad, that I'm not even on the show. You know what I mean? And they chant, PD, they, they, sk- they chant Kyle's dad at PD skills. So like, I don't know, like I've built like something, you know what I mean? And like, you know, I'm, I can be proud of that, you know, because I did build it from absolutely nothing, you know, like I spent some money at first because what else are you going to do? You know what I mean? And, and I went, I bought myself good gear. Like, you know, I had like a good job there for a bit. So I was able to kind of do that. Um, and a lot of guys don't have that capability either. And I take my promos and like stuff like that like super seriously. Like I try to like do like cool shit or funny shit, like you know, and in, in each one. And you know, I'd love to help other guys do that too. Like if you know, if other guys are like, oh man, like like I wish my promos like looked better or whatever, or like you know, or my uh, or I wish I could have a highlight reel video, you know, with a song behind it or something. I'm like, dude hit me up. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I'm not a dick. Like, you know, like people think that they see the character and they think that I'm like that. And, it and, and it's kind of sad because like, you know, I just like, I just want to be friends. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> that's all it is. Like I, we all love the same shit. Like it's true. Like, we all love the same things. Like whether we have different politics, different religions, different, whatever, like we all love the same shit. So, you know, Let's all be friends. <laughs> I don't know.
0: That's, that's, that, that's your, you should come out to, why can't we be friends? Why no, I come we out be...
1: to uh, the sultry sounds of Grady Finch, the former, oh, the horror singer and whatnot. That, he's wonderful and did a song for me for $600. Hey,
0: that's all right. That's all right. That's sick. <laughs> that's sick. So before we actually do get into horror movies, because this is probably going to drop sometime around the end of October. So we're going to be right there. Spooky. Season. Oh, hell yeah. And I definitely want to talk horror movies with you for a bit. But Love it. a final question on wrestling, and then we'll, we'll have some fun with the rest of the conversation when it's time to hang up the boots and you think about kind of what the next step is the after life of a wrestler, if you will, the in-ring career is over and you're like, well, what am I going to do? What do I want to do? I've got some knowledge. I've had some successes. I built a, a good character. I took, I took a shitty idea and turned it into something that, that people can remember. And I built it from the ground up. What can I do? Is a wrestling school on your mind? Knowing that what you went through, you don't ever want to see the the, the next generation of wrestlers go through. So possibly open up a wrestling school with some good friends, like a PD Skills, like a Fwerza, like, I don't know, people who... who Like a Jason Chase. Yeah, there you go. (laughs) But people that you feel like, you know what, maybe I could pass on the knowledge and actually pass on the knowledge of how to treat others with respect in this business and know what you do in the ring doesn't have to resonate out back. If you beat the fuck out of somebody in the ring, you go backstage, you give them a hug and you say, hey, man, that's fucking great. You don't go backstage and be like, you fucking messed up this. You fucking messed. That. Yeah, you talk about things and you iron them out, but you don't act like a bag of shit. Have you yes. ever thought about maybe that's that's a possibility down the line?
1: Being is how I live in Lindsay. Uh, that's how actually like what my ultimate goal actually would be is to open like a facility. And it has been like this is my goal for years. It's funny that you even mentioned it. Um that's like, because of my research, Kyle. I, 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 I love you for it. <laughs> so yeah, like I said, like you know, the um oh hi Moxley, that's my cat. Hi. Um why does uh, every so, cat
0: that's on camera fucking moon me? <laughs> like every cat <laughs> just shows me its ass. <laughs>
1: <laughs> she Look does it to sp- me all the time It won't
0: put its face there but it, it's no problem Show me its ass
1: Oh yeah <laughs> she's like that <laughs> But anyway so But yeah so I want to open like a facility of some Sort like that where somebody can Like somebody who who Lives in like Durham region Or you know Bob Cajun area Or uh, Kawartha Lakes you know, area around here, Little Britain, you know, these little places that never get wrestling. I would love to have a place that I could run shows, uh, small shows like monthly or every two weeks or something, just have like the really fucking, like the good guys that that can come in and whatever, like, you know, the guys that are essentially, like essentially I just book my friends all the time. Um, And, uh, (laughs) but no, like, you know, there's, there's, um, there's a lot that I want to do outside of wrestling that has stuff to do with wrestling like Stop messing with paper. Sorry. Um, <laughs> but yeah, um, I want to have like dorms in this uh, facility so that guys can come and they can train and they can hang out for like a couple days at a time and, you know, like, you know, work on their shit for a bit and whatever and stuff. Like, I don't know about a full on like actual training program. Like, I could do a, like a head start program, like, almost like a thing where you can attend my program and it's almost like like um, like in school when they have those pre uh, not preschool, but they have like a school like adjustment thing program where you put your kids uh, together and it's like uh, adjusting them to the idea of what school is like um, before they end up going. So essentially what I would want is something like that. Like eventually somebody who is an actual, like, like very good wrestler, like I'm, I'm all right. But like somebody who's an actual good wrestler should, should be a trainer. You know what I mean? But I would love to be like a mentor, like a helper. Like, you know what I mean? Like somebody that can, uh, help somebody get that foot in the door to a, to a place where they can actually train to actually be really good one day. Like, you know, like I could be like, you know, um, I like rip impact. Like, like him, like, Like, I've known him my entire career. Like, you know, um, if I, you know, if I send somebody and I'm just like, this person has a lot of potential and I'm just and I get a hold of Rip Impact and I'm just like HPW. Like, you know what I mean? Or, you know, some other place like that um, where they can get a very good education. Like, I'm not one to sit here and say that I'm good enough to train somebody. Like, I don't want to say that because that that disrespects the people that um, like would be like good enough. You know what I mean? Um, maybe that's just my insecurities talking because I have a ton of those. Um, but yeah, like Lindsay in this area needs something like that, where like kids who have even like the littlest interest in something like that can have a place to hang out. And they don't you know, they're not stealing milk crates from Circle K. You know what I mean? Or, or something like that. You know what I mean? Like or causing mayhem or, you know, tagging their uh, initials on Uh, garbage cans. You know what I mean? Shit like that doing crack
0: <laughs> oh, there you go. There is right here. so i mean you know what i i think uh i think you are good enough and that might be your insecurities uh-huh. talking about but I, I feel like even if so much of you don't want to train like you said a head start program have like a just a straight promo class have a working yes. with the commentary team class have those kind of things where they can get comfortable listen somebody may want to bring you on guest commentary sit down learn watch these guys watch what they do feel how you can interject Kind of give them the tools of the trade. And at the end of it, you could be like, all right, you know what? Not bad. You live in this area. Here's a great school that mm-hmm. we can put you at. I know the trainer. Tell him, you know, you came to our program or came to our seminar. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, they'll they'll help you out. And then this and that. Oh, hey, you live here? Check out these guys. You know, go work out at these guys. You know what? You're, you're a little too far out of where there's anything good. So I'm going to – you're going to have to – if you really want to chase this dream, you might have to move down a little bit closer to a school, this or that. And I don't think it's necessarily a bad idea. I just think it's something you got to kind of work out the logistics. Yes. But I feel like with the right passion, which you have bucket loads of, you I can do. make something <laughs> like that happen. So you know, keep doing what you're doing, dude. Because insecurities or not, you got to realize that when you're in that when you're in that squared circle, you can hang with anybody, and huh. that's the that's the truth of the matter. All right, now let's talk horror movies. Let's get on something fun. Enough of this emotional. Yeah fucking roller coaster bullshit we've been ah uh, <laughs> you know, it's been no it's been a great conversation thus far a couple more questions Thank i'll you. let you go now uh horror movies i'm a big horror movie guy horror movies are my thing i love Very them much. i love them all uh now there is some debate on everyone's horror movie mount rushmore so hmm. this so much is not a question but i'm gonna force you to make a decision <laughs> i always play this game called forced mount rushmore Where I give the person I'm talking to five wrestlers that they have to put on Mount Rushmore. But because I know your love of horror movies and my love of horror movies, I'm going to force five horror characters at you. And you're going to have to rank them from one to five. One being the worst on that list, five being the best. So are you ready? I'm obviously going to go with some of the classics. But I'm going to throw in a curveball or two just to see your horror movie knowledge. Okay. right. All right. Here we go. You ready? Yes. Number one, obviously, because he's my favorite and most people's favorite. Uh, Michael Myers will be on that list somewhere. Uh, Uh, Number two, uh, somebody who I feel is not really necessarily appreciated. But um, for the sake of what he's done for the genre uh, of a good slasher flick Mm -hmm. uh, or or of a good psychological fuckery, I'm going to say the Mountain Man from Wrong Turn. There's been oh. six wrong turns made. Yes. And a lot of people don't appreciate – I love the first one. Everything else yes. after that is trash. But Yes, the first Eliza Dushku. Funny. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, oh yeah. Faith from Buffy. Mm-hmm. Mm. Faith from Buffy. Oh, buddy. Oh, mm. buddy. <laughs> <laughs> I was a big, I was a big fan of Faith from Buffy. When Legit. Xander got to sleep with Faith, I was mm-hmm. fucking pissed. I was pissed too. I was like, "Fuck Xander!" Really, Xander? Xander? <laughs> this fucking guy. Why not me? Yeah, and he also got fucking Chasmeer Carpenter too. What the fuck, bro? <laughs> I love on. that you love Buffy. That's awesome. Here you go. So Wrong Turns one of my curveballs. Another classic. Love wrong turn. I love mean, You can't mention horror movies in any fashion without mentioning Freddy Krueger. I mean, yes. he's got to be up there. Uh, another curveball because I actually hate this series a whole lot, and I want to see where you rank it. Uh, the Leprechaun. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I actually fucking really Jennifer Aniston. One of her first movies. Yeah, I know, but still, uh, she even she couldn't save that movie, buddy. <laughs> she couldn't. That's true. Sure, she couldn't. <laughs> I'm the leprechaun. Exactly. <laughs> no, and for the fifth and final one, I'm going to throw out at you because I appreciate I appreciate his work and his uh, his killing ability. And the fact that he was only like, you know, two feet tall, much like the Leprechaun, Chucky. Chucky. So there you go. You got Michael Myers. You got the Mountain Men from Wrong Turn. You got Freddy Krueger. You got the Leprechaun. And you got Chucky. So now, uh, one being the worst on that list, five being the best.
1: Five being the best. All right. Should I start with one or five? You want to
0: start worst to best. So you got to go one.
1: Okay. We'll go with one. All right. So we're going with the Leprechaun for one only like not because of like longevity or anything like that only because i just find him like inferior to the rest of the um, of the list okay like you know what i mean like he's he's proficient you know he's had a lot of uh movies to his belt and and a lot of uh high profile murders yeah he Um, went to the hood he went to the hood hood, and the fact that he was once played by um hornswoggle is kind of cool but um uh yeah so he's at the bottom definitely um Let's go with because uh, honestly, the most memorable thing about the leprechaun movies is the impression of the leprechaun that Wayne does in Wayne's world. Um, <laughs> so that you know what I mean. So all right, all right. Uh, let's go with uh, the Mountain men for number two, uh, only because there were several of them, and I don't believe that you could fit all of their faces on a on a Mount Rushmore like unless you took one of the slots of the Mount Rushmore and just added all of their faces to it. So that's more of a logistical choice. Okay. So that's more of a logistical choice than anything. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but I do love the movies. Don't get me wrong. Bloodline kind of like messed with me. I didn't necessarily enjoy bloodline as much because I felt like it added too much to the lore of the uh, mountain men. It's like, just put them in different settings and have them murder people one by one like that is the formula that works stop trying to add weird backstory shit to it but um and then uh number three would probably be uh michael myers again only because of my uh affinity for the next two you Mm -hmm. know what i mean like i love me some michael myers like uh my favorite of all the horror of halloween movies is definitely like, and people might not like this, but it is the Rob Zombie Halloween too. Oh. like, yeah.
0: <laughs> I don't like. I hate Rob, Rob Zombie ruined Michael for me.
1: You didn't I'll like it? Home. I liked. Uh, I liked his choice for Samuel Loomis, and I liked the fact that, uh, it, like, all of his casting, like his casting, is an incredible. Uh, like, not necessarily the story or like this the structure of the movie itself or how long it was, but like. The, the cast i'm a big cast mark i like cast okay. but um so so i'm putting michael there just for that like everything else is great um let's go with uh see this is hard because i have chucky as you can see tattooed on me mm-hmm. and i also have uh freddie krueger uh the phone uh when he sticks his tongue out the phone uh and licks Nancy's face. Uh, so uh, the two of them, I got to go with probably cause I met Robert England and he actually, um, my, my captain Spaulding tats Uh, I had it at the time. I got his autograph, uh, and my, and, and Robert England said to me, Oh, you got Sid on your arm. Is Sid hag right there's like, oh you got Sid sit on your arm do you and i'm like yeah 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 i'm a big fan of his blah blah blah. he goes oh he's right where he belongs too right in the ditch <laughs> 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 like, <on my> arm. <laughs> so okay so just because of personal reasons i want to put um uh freddy krueger you know what freddy krueger second and i'm gonna put chucky first because like i got me some chucky right okay, okay. You know what I mean? Like I, I got like I'm a big fan. I got all the movies. Like I got all the Friday Thirteenth, all the Nightmare on Elm Streets, all that. But I got all the Chucky's, and I made a big, uh, um, like point in my life to collect all the DVDs and whatnot, and actually, like you know, make a collection out of it. So and to get the doll that was eighty dollars on an auction site. <laughs> yeah, that's,
0: so that's yeah, definitely I've seen that doll go for like three, four hundred. So eighty bucks ain't bad. That
1: ain't bad, right? <laughs> Not bad <laughs> so, at all. Uh, so, and the box, too. That was real impressive. I was able to get the box. The uh, One of my exes had a different Chucky doll that came in the box. And I just basically, like, uh, <laughs> came in the box. But uh, basically was just like, yo, like, can I just have that? And she's like, no. And I'm like, please? And she's like, yeah. <laughs>
0: nice nice <laughs> so i got Shout a out to Miles X for that one yeah
1: yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> so yeah All that's right, my man. mouth rush i got um uh the leprechaun first mountain men, uh myers uh freddy, freddy and chucky. chucky
0: not bad not bad not where i would have gone with it but not bad but that's just personal. That's just personal reasons, and that's why Force Mount Rushmore is so much fun because I force you to make these personal reasons. I force you to make these personal choices. And you're a wonderful it, interviewer. <laughs> that's 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 what I do. That's why it's called Straight Talk Wrestling. Okay. Hell I yeah. Speak it. I live it. I love it. Kyle, before we go, man, shout out your socials. Let everyone know where they can follow you on the journey that is that Kyle.
1: Um. Well, I don't have Twitter because I enjoy my mental health. Like being like somewhat good. It's not great, but it's somewhat good. Yeah. Uh, so I don't have Twitter, uh, but you can catch my Instagram. Uh, what is it? At yeah that Kyle because That's that it. Kyle was taken. So I put yeah first. Yeah. Yas. Um, <laughs> <Yes>. Yeah. Yas <laughs> yes, queen. Yeah. Uh, and then I'm on YouTube. You just search for that Kyle, and then like you fish through the Kyle Rittenhouse videos to find me. And then, uh, (laughs) that was a big problem there for like a couple months, like a little while ago. Um, (laughs) people searching for me and finding like, not me. Um, so like, uh, PD skills, friend had a thing where it was like, uh, whenever they would bring up that Kyle, he would be like, so do you mean that Kyle or that Kyle? (laughs) Ah! (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, so YouTube and uh, Instagram, uh basically are the only two. Uh you can find me on Facebook. It's under my shoot name, but like it's not as interesting. And I'm kind of just emo on there and like yeah, I just post like emo
0: shit. very emo <laughs> on there. Very emo. We're friends on yeah. Facebook. Quite emo. Quite emo. But every once in a while. You drop a good fucking joke on there, and I'm like, oh, yeah. Man, every God, once, in while, yeah, <laughs> once in a while, it's good. Yeah, once in a while. I find you go on these strings of like that, and then next thing you know, it's like, oh, shit, it's early 2000s Avril Lavigne. I can't do this right now. I can't do it. Yeah. <laughs> you know. That's it. All right, guys. Thanks, my guest, that Kyle, for coming on the show. Peace, love, and wrestling. Check the socials below. All the links are there in the link tree. Peace, love, and wrestling. See you next week. Peace. Bye. <laughs> Leaving the scene with no trace
1: Not in my lead You out of place I'm not at the top, I'm out of space can't eat with us We're out of place I'm doing fine I'm feeling great You're not my fan, You can't relate Straight i going
0: State to state